Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Inspirational Educators Podcast. My name is Nancy McHale. I am your host, and thank you so much for being here with me today. If you hear drilling, it just started. We're remodeling our bathroom, and of course, right when I start recording, the drilling starts. So I apologize if you're picking up on that, but uh, the show must go on, right? So this week, we are going to be talking about how to really engage students. Now, this topic is a nice lead-in from the last episode, so if you haven't heard it, go back and listen to that one. It's all about motivating our students, how to help them intrinsically be motivated, right? And so that's a very good way to start. You don't have to go back. It's not like a, a sequel or anything, but it's definitely a good episode to start with um, if you really want to make sure that we're really reaching our students. So just some of the bullet points that we talked about last week, we talked about kind of the deeper parts behind engagement, where like how engagement really starts, which is that intrinsic motivation and building a connection with the students because if we have that connection that builds trust, that builds a relationship with your students, that really helps when you are actually trying to teach the content, especially if the content might not be interesting to them or they're not up for it or it just might not be a subject that they like. But if they're connected with you and they feel that relationship building trust type of thing, they'll be more likely to do what you're asking them to do. So today I'm going to kind of go over just several different ways to engage your students. And it'll sound kind of, I guess it might come off like I'm rattling off ideas, but these ideas might resonate with you. It could, you know, and they're usually just simple ideas that can make a big difference. And that's all what I'm all about. I'm all about simplicity. I'm all about kind of like something that's quick to implement but makes a big difference. And these are tried and true practices that I have done myself with my students and even my own children. I also have a freebie that I will tell you at the end that kind of just lists all of these engagement strategies that I have here. I'm going to list off about 10 different engagement strategies that you can implement. And these engagement strategies can go along with almost any lesson. One thing that I really believe in is connecting art to content. Anytime you can have them draw about what they've learned, even at the older ages, like even middle school and even high school, any age really, like maybe even adults, because when they're connecting the written word or spoken word to a picture that maybe they produce or they find or or whatever it might be, it really kind of solidifies the content in their head. Like imagine reading a book and then watching the movie. Like it's nice to see all of those things come to life. You know, all of the the things in the book that come to life. 
So it's kind of that same thing where if we connect art in some way or a craft or whatever it might be to what they're learning, it really helps connect it and and kind of solidify it in their, their brains. So one activity that I did with my kids once is I was teaching them about an artist, artist George Seurat, who, if you don't know, he is the one that does pointillism. And so I taught them about the artist and then we, I had them practice the pointillism, but with Q-tips. And instead of just making a random picture, I had them make it about something we were learning about in science. I think we were learning about animals or reptiles. So they made a turtle. They made a picture of a turtle with pointillism with the Q-tips. And it just kind of ties it all in together. So the more that you can incorporate it, whether it be drawing or painting or even building something or a sculpture or, or dance or movement, whatever it might be, art is proven to increase knowledge and engagement and retention. So why not use it to our advantage? Another great engagement strategy is to go outside and give a lesson. Just even if you like simply took the lesson you were going to give in the classroom and took it outside, especially if it's a nice, beautiful day or whatever it might be, going outside, it's just different. Like you feel different. It's nice to be outside in nature and kids love it. And if you can give a lesson outside, that would be awesome. If you can make it interactive where they're like moving around and you're still doing the lesson, that's even better. But even just going outside, even if it's like silent reading and everybody goes outside and reads a book, like that sounds amazing, right? So just going outside in general could be really, really great for your students and for you. Now, the third one is playing a game to reteach or review a concept. So there are many educational games that you can incorporate into your day. And the way that I used to love incorporating games is through centers. I absolutely love centers. I think centers are such a great way to have kids review or even learn content if it's done in the correct way. And it allows for collaboration or even independence because like for me personally, even now, when I, from when I was a kid until now, if I'm learning a new concept, I need to sit with it by myself for a couple of minutes, maybe longer if it's a more challenging concept and kind of like learn it myself. Like I'll, okay, I'll learn it from the teacher, whoever's giving the talk or whatever, but then like I need to learn it myself so or, or do it myself. Like in math, I remember sitting in sixth grade math and I had my teacher was Mrs. Lindbergh. She was very sweet. And I remember teaching like she's teaching it and she kind of expects us to do it along with her. But I told myself I need her to stop talking so I can do it myself and like think through it in my own head. 
not everyone is like that, but it can help the students that are. Or when I, I used to dance, I used to do all kinds of dance. And when I, you know, my teacher was learning this or teaching the steps, I remember like, I need to go to the side and learn it on my own because I couldn't like, you know, she just kept talking and going through it, which is fine. And some kids learn that way. But for me, like, okay, she taught me, but I need to go through it by myself. And that way I'm going to really learn it more. So centers really give that opportunity for collaboration and even a chance to be independent, depending on how you set up the centers. And actually I'm going to do an episode about centers because there are different ways that you can do it. And I just think it's such a great way of facilitating the classroom and, and, and incorporating it into your day. So incorporating games into centers is a really great way. You can do a game with the class. Um, uh, one thing that I love to do with my students was have them create a game about a topic that we've learned. And so they get into it and they're also reviewing what they're learning or what they have learned and making it into a game. Number four is think of how your children love to learn. How do your students like to learn? Now, obviously, they're all different, right? Uh, but a good teacher will incorporate all types of ways of learning and teaching rather than just sticking to one or two ways all of the time. And this could be showing a PowerPoint, showing a video, having group discussion, um, a whole class discussion, holding a debate about the topic, doing skits. Like there's so many different ways of teaching and applying information. And the more that we can incorporate these different types of techniques and ways of teaching, the better we will reach all learners. And it, you know, all kids should be exposed to all types of learning. Like if there is a child that's just really hands-on and loves to be hands-on all of the time, like that's great and we'll continue doing that, but also they need to learn how to listen and and watch and all of those other senses that we have to retain information. So touching on all the different types of teaching and ways of teaching is super beneficial. And, you know, don't get overwhelmed like, okay, I have to go from zero to 100. No, like incorporate one extra way of teaching this week. And then if you feel comfortable with that, then go on and do the next week and keep building upon your skills and the way that you give information or review information. And also it's trial and error, like see how your students respond. And if they respond well, great, you could keep doing that. But if they don't, then you know that, okay, well, you know, we, we have to try something different. Number five goes along with number four, it's showing a short video about what you're teaching. Now, I don't recommend that take the place of your teaching, but showing a video can go a long way because whether or not you use it before your lesson, during, or even after, 
it really, again, kind of like solidifies what they've learned and seeing it in images and seeing it play out. So if you can find even short videos, like three to four, five, six minutes long and have them watch it on what you've taught, especially if it's like a history lesson or something like sometimes it's nice to see like, oh, history actually happened, showing it and and having them put it together and really like put the information you just taught them to to seeing it play out that can really help and make it engaging for students but it has to be used in the right way it's not like putting on a 20 minute video and you know and then not talking about it like the talking about it before and after maybe even pausing the video and talking about it about it during the video um it, like we have to make sure they're actually retaining the content. You can even use it as a center, like have a, a certain video, um, again, short video, like maybe five minutes or so, and have them like watch it and have to take notes on it about something that they've learned or that they need to learn in class. And doing like a quick write on it or something like that. So you can incorporate it in different ways. Number six is to incorporate skits into what they're learning. So maybe they can play out something that they're learning about. Like this would be really fun in history or even science. Like however you want to do it or a story that you're reading. Kids get into it and it they have to kind of like reteach it to themselves to like come up with the lines of what they're going to say or the actions that they're going to do. So these are really great ways to kind of like, like an after lesson activity. One thing that I remember when I was a fifth grade teacher was we did the American Revolution and it was actually a group called like walk through America or something like that. And they come and they like set everything up. It's really cool. Uh, they have all of the scripts, cards and everything. But the thing is like all the kids are involved in it and they have to memorize the lines. I think they come up with the costume and even the props, like they have to create the props. I actually don't 100% remember that part, but it was like the students were 100% involved. So it was it was really cool to see it play out. They came, you know, they had rehearsals, like it was a whole big production, but it was really cool. And they have a fourth grade and a fifth grade uh, walk through America. I don't remember, I don't know if they have any other ones, but the fifth grade one is American Revolution. And that was really cool. Now that's a bigger like production. And I'm not saying that, but if you can incorporate even like little skits here and there of your kids performing skits of what they've learned about or acting something out or acting somebody out, like that would be, that would go a long way. I love number seven because I love food, <laughs> but it's use food or snacks to teach. And I think that like any kind of food or snacks really grabs anyone's attention. 
even if you're using like Skittles or M&Ms as a marker or like tracking gold, like graphing goldfish or all those little fun activities or doing experiments with food, like any way that you can incorporate food could go a long way. And, you know, when you're, when you're doing it, you have to set the rules and the boundaries like, okay, we're not going to eat it just yet. Or like, if they're not able to eat it after the activity, just have another set of that snack for them to be able to eat it after. So kind of just like, okay, you can't eat this one, but I have another bag for you, but we have to eat it after. So just kind of set the expectations before that's super important. And, um, you know, there's so many activities you could do. If you could cook with them, that would be super cool. Like when I was a third grade teacher, we read how to eat fried worms as a class. It was a book called how to eat fried worms, which I love like that whole experience. And I can talk about all of the activities we did with that because it was super fun. But one thing that we did was I had them make cookies that looked like worms. And basically like they made a sugar cookie, but like crushed, um, not fruit loops. What's the other one? Fruity pebbles. They crushed it. And like when you crush it and put it together, it's not a really nice color. It's like a dark greenish brownish. (laughs) And so we put that on the sugar cookie and they looked like worms and we cooked it together. And so that was super fun and engaging. So anytime you can do things like that, whether it be cooking or even just bringing in a snack or like something um, to help them learn it in some way or use it to do an activity is very fun and engaging. I think for everybody. (laughs) Number eight is to have your students teach the less like a lesson or reteach a concept or, or maybe like give a presentation whatever, where they can like have to learn it and memorize it. And, and, and really, you know, when you teach something, you really have to learn it in order to deliver it. And so where any way that they can do that would be a really great way for them to really learn the content. And then they'd be able to reteach it. That's like, I think the number one way for a child to really learn a topic Now, this can be done in a variety of different ways where maybe like you assign a student to teach a certain concept or you do a whole like project and they have to give presentations and teach the class about something. Or you can do it in a smaller group setting where you break it up and like one person from that group has to teach or everyone has to teach something in that group. One way that I did it before was when I taught third grade, I had them all study a different Native American tribe, and then they had to teach the class about it. And I didn't just let the kids that were listening just sit and listen. I gave them like a little form to fill out about the Native American tribe so that they can really learn it. Like they had to learn the different tribes. So that way they actually learned it. So you can do things like that. So the more we can have our kids like reteach it in different ways, the more that they'll retain it 
or even just doing like an AB partner share. So one kid, you know, teaches the other kid about something or like retells what you've just taught. Any, any way that you can incorporate it is very beneficial. Now, this one is a little bit harder to incorporate and takes a lot more planning, but anytime you can take your kids on a field trip or like I know that usually teachers have to plan that in the beginning of the year for the year, but really making sure that those field trips co coincide with what you're teaching. And the thing with field trips is, again, it's kind of like the videos. Have a before and then like during is the actual field trip and then a reflection after. So talk about where they're going, where what they're going to be doing, what they might see and how it relates to what you're teaching in the class. And then afterwards, have them reflect what did they learn, what did they see and talk about that. So it's really important to have that pre and post field trip talk because it will, again, like, like secure that information for them. And the last one is one of my favorite and it's called choice boards. If you haven't heard of a choice board, basically it's just a simple way to appeal to different types of learners, but get the job done. So a choice board is a grid of six to nine different types of activities that students can choose from but they all help practice the same kind of concept. So for example, like let's say that you're teaching the water cycle. So one of the activities in the boxes can be draw the water cycle. That could be an activity. Another activity could be write about the water cycle. The other one is create a skit about it. Like you can put a different kind of activity in these boxes and tell your kids, you can choose three of these activities to learn about the water cycle, or you can make it like a tic-tac-toe situation, or you can tell them to choose one. You can do it however you'd like, but this really gives them the opportunity to choose how they're going to practice the content, retain it, learn it, and then, you know, execute. There are many different choice boards on the internet. <laughs> Most of the topics or like at least the popular topics have a choice board. There are even spelling choice boards. I have a free one on my website called, it's like vocabulary choice board. So for them to practice vocabulary words and I have six different choices on there and you can always just use it. And you can always find any free resources that I have at buildaproject.net slash shop and click on free resources. I will also be sending out a PDF of 10 of these 10 engagement strategies. So if you would like this freebie, just email me, nancy at buildaproject.net. You can message me on Instagram. You can, um, I don't know, any way you can find me, you can message me. I usually check all the messages. Um, I'm on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, or email, or on my website. And I will send you this freebie. I do have one on in that freebie section on my website, but it is not up to date. It doesn't have these exact ones. 
And, um, you know, I'm going to send you one that's a little bit more descriptive. So if you are interested, again, email me, nancy at buildaproject.net or message me in some way and I will get it to you and just say, I love the PDF of engagement strategies. So those are the 10 different engagement strategies that I love, that I have done all of them and love them. And you can use it again with almost any topic, with any lesson, and it's different ways of teaching and reviewing and retaining content. Thank you so much for listening. And if you wouldn't mind, I would love if you can give me a five-star review and so we can reach more teachers, share this with a friend who might need some fun ideas to incorporate into their classroom. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here and I will talk to you next week.